You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Well, hello, Ethan Bolton. Oh, you paused like, maybe I'm going to give him, the, you know, the facade of anonymity by just sticking with his first name, and then you <laughs> delivered the last name. Do you want to know what I was really doing? Oh, okay, what were you doing? I was contemplating whether or not to add a prefix, such as Ethan of the House Bolton, oh, which we've done before. We have, is that why you backed out of And it? I was like, yeah, no. Okay. I ain't doing that. Well, you know what? I am... I'm thrilled to be here, Josiah Pitts. Wow. See, yours was it was smooth. Well, I already committed. No hesitation. <laughs> I, knew, I knew where I was going with that. It's, he was uh, committed. I was. He was committed. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's been... A bit. A bit. We're... Uh, in the recording timetable of yeah. time. Hopefully no one's noticed. We were talking about Quentin Tarantino movies before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, And we sometimes I feel like we have two timelines, kind of like Quentin Tarantino does <laughs> in his movies. He has the realer than real movie universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he has some name for his, like, cinematic universe. So, like, you have the realer than real movies, which would be, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And in those movies, they would watch movies like Kill Bill. Exactly, exactly. I feel like... So, like, some of his movies are set within a metaphysical universe of our cinematic universe. I <laughs> thought I was going to make it more clear. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly, I did not. <laughs> um, and then I was, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, well, we have, like, the release schedule for the episodes, but then there's a timetable <laughs> in which we record them. Right. And that gets hairy for me sometimes. Mm. Like, I'll be going back and listening to them, and I'm like, the release date and the recording date are not lining up for me in my oh, head, yeah, you sometimes know? Sometimes I'll be like, isn't this the episode where I made this joke? <laughs> and then I don't hear the joke. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> was, it, was it bad? Did it land bad? Did we just cut it from the episode? And then a week later, I'm like, oh, it was that episode. That was the episode where I made it's that a, joke. It's a weird experience, but it's a fun one. It is. So, anyway, all of that aside now... <laughs> Today, uh, we're doing a bit of a follow-up. Yeah, weirdly enough, a follow-up from a little back in time. Yeah, a little back in time. Not this most recent weekend's sermon, mm -hmm. but the weekend before that, yeah, the one where was, I preached. was you, yes. Yeah, I preached. And, and I guess, I, like at Barber County, we, we actually heard a similar message, a lot of the same context we had it delivered from, from Jeff. And I don't, I don't know if other campuses did the same, but this was, yeah. this was the one you delivered at Lost Creek. And of course, it's available on our Vimeo page and all that good stuff. Yeah. But uh, if, if, this, if this seems strange and, and surprising to uh, you can find your context. <laughs> it's still on the internet. It is there. Forever. Unless the internet has gone down in the time that we're recording It is West Virginia, this. so it's very possible. Yeah, that is. Um, so anyway, we're doing a follow-up on that message. The original content of that had to do with the way we exalt our own hearts. Yeah. We self-exalt ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that is a form of Pride, one of the seven deadly sins, oh, as a matter boy. of fact. Oof. We didn't get into that at all. because no, then you just have to sit down and watch the whole movie, Seven. Yes, starring Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Oh, the legend Brad Pitt. Yeah, Truly so a classic. I just don't know if that would sit well no. in a service. No. <laughs> but also, little teaser for you all, don't tell anyone, we're doing a sermon series on the seven deadly sins oh. later in the year. Hello. Okay, Whoa, that's exciting. What? That's teaser? Exciting. Yeah. Don't tell Steve. What? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yes, so we were talking about pride and the way we self-exalt, mm -hmm. but something that I didn't have time to get into during that message had to do with another sinister, harder-to-pin expression of pride. And it's also like a personal anecdote. It is, yes, yes, and I actually really, really wanted to include it in the message, but... Um, not Just time constraints. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember you talking about it, and that was like that was a it was a very new thought to me. Yeah. Yeah. So now well, you know got the podcast. So yeah, we do. Now here we are. So to set the background for this a little bit, I think it's fairly easy to recognize the pride of a character like Haman 
for instance. So if you heard the message, listened to it, you remember Haman. He was the guy who wanted everyone to bow the knee to him. Yeah. I think it's easy to see that kind of self-exaltation. And in our day and age, that often results in things like road rage or social media bashing or verbal, physical outbursts. It's all, it's all like very self-serving. Mm-hmm. It's in, like in, in some way, it's always kind of entitled. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always about this a perceived wrong or this idea that you are owed or you deserve better than what you're being served. Right. Yes. And your remedy to that is, of course, to say, well, I'm going to make sure that yeah. I get what I'm owed or that you you pay me back or, you know, right. so on and so forth. Ad nauseum, ad infinitum, <laughs> Latin words. Ad extra. Um, so that is, I think, kind of common and easy to see. But when I was quite young, maybe six or seven, Oof. I'm generally in that time frame of my life, okay. very young. My mother taught me about something that she called worm pride. W-O-R-M, like a worm, like the little How else do you think people are going to receive that? I don't, I don't know. Worm? worm? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you just uh, come on, man. <laughs> carry on. This is good. We're in a good place. <laughs> um, uh, now I'm going to be self-conscious about that. Gonna, I've exalted myself. Look, and now you're trying to humble me, and I'm not so. receiving it. Worm pride. The way she explained this was to frame it that it's a very covert way of exalting yourself, okay. and. I've actually never heard anyone else use that term, worm pride, before. Right. But the way my mother taught it, and I'm inclined to agree with it, is that worm pride is the kind of pride that says, oh, I'm just, I'm wretched. I'm miserable. I can't do anything right. I just suck. Woe is me. And on and on and on and on and on and on it goes. This is basically just my adolescence. I think I said so all of this. That's the adolescence of us once. all, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, um, you, when you first brought this idea up, when we were, when we were planning, you know, the sermon structure and the content for that, mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, right, this is fishing for compliments on Facebook. But actually, this seems like something more uh, mm-hmm. because that scenario is almost exclusively this pursuit of uh, surface level validation. Yeah, at least that's what I would say. But this, you're using the word pride mm-hmm. in this, and I feel like there are different motivations at work here. So, am I off base with that take, or can you kind of contextualize that for me? Sure. Yeah. Because I think, you know, if you're familiar with the scriptures, even for instance, at first glance or at first hearing, sometimes words like that just sound like Romans 7, right? Paul says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Which that sounds an awful lot like, oh, woe is me. I'm just wretched. That's literally the word he uses, wretched. But the thing is, is that Paul goes on to say, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, because of course, Jesus Christ does deliver us from this body of death. Uh, So Paul doesn't leave off at, I'm the worst. He acknowledges his sinfulness and wretchedness, yes, but then he does what you ought to do when you do see your sinfulness and wretchedness. He turns to Christ. He's he's acknowledging his despair with honesty and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like the thanks be to God is just the icing on top, like this perspective of someone who can recognize God and his relationship to God in that moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, before this, I would say, hey, I feel like there's nothing wrong with being honest in that despair. Right. So if that's true, and if it's no crime to be self-aware of woe, then I take it the issue we're talking about is different. It's more nuanced. Yes. So worm pride does not do what you just described. Okay. It's like, it's not just a form of I'm being vulnerable about my wretchedness. It's, not, being, it's not self-aware. Right. In short, I think what I'd say is worm pride just leaves off at I'm wretched, I'm simply wretched, and the reason it stops there is not because it wants to confess its dire condition, that self-awareness that you said. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, I need to get this off of my chest and acknowledge. In most cases, if you're 
actually, I think, self-aware enough to want to confess your wretchedness or sinfulness, you can get specific about it and say, here's how specifically I've wronged someone. Like, I lied to this person. I'm wretched. Like, like, I lie to people. I lie to them. But in this case, worm pride leaves off at simply, I'm wretched. I'm simply wretched. I just can't do anything right. And it, it stays very general. And it does that because... Like I said, not because it wants to actually confess its condition or its sin. It's because it wants to be exalted by others. So when you have worm pride, what my mother would say is that what you really want is other people to look at you and say, oh, well, you're not that bad. Look at all these wonderful things you've done. You're such a wonderful person. And what you're actually wanting is people to exalt you. And so it becomes a subtle and sly form of self-exaltation. And it's kind of a, I mean, a pitiful one at that. It is. Like you're almost making excuses for the fact that you're so bad, quote-unquote, and wanting other people to look at you and say, well, you know. It feels like grandstanding false humility. Yes, exactly. It's so distasteful. Yes. Again, that's not to say you can't have a bad day once in a while and need some encouragement from a friend or someone that you trust and love. Uh, That happens. And as Paul would say, we are supposed to encourage one another and lift one another up and help one another with our burdens on days like that. But... If our default posture is to constantly bemoan our wretchedness and to elicit the piteous praise of others in order for us to feel better about ourselves, we're probably off the mark. Yeah, well, it it essentially feels like playing the victim as a means to manipulate. Right. It's not having a healthy perspective. It's not even being pessimistic. It's it's a manipulative value statement to get what you want out of someone. Yes, exactly. So I think a parallel of this, I referenced this in the sermon, was false humility is kind of like the Pharisee who prays aloud yeah. in the parable, you know, God, I thank you that I'm not like these wretched sinners. <laughs> now imagine the tax collector goes alone and prays, you know, God have mercy on me, a sinner, right? Which is, that's a very, you know, oof. Yeah, that's like, I'm wretched. Yeah. It would be like if that tax collector had done like what the Pharisee had done, but he had just done it out loud, like in front of everyone in a grandstanding way. Like, God have mercy on me. I am a sinner. And like goes on and on and down the list. Not because he actually wants God to have mercy he's, he's on him. Just having a monologue. Yes. The way people would look at the Pharisee and say, oh, wow, you're really something there. <laughs> but in a bad way. <laughs> He would be trying to get the attention of those people and say, oh, wow, look at this. You know, he's so, yeah. just look at him. Ugh. He's got it all to get, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> so you see, it's kind of like this weird flip yeah. on that. And so, all that to say, I think another key difference is, this comes back to another theme in the message. It's one thing to say, oh, I have no value at all and I'm just terrible, which is what Worm Pride does. And it's quite another thing to say, well, yes, the image of God inside of me is indeed broken by my sin. It is my sin that has done this. But I know that my value is rooted and fixed because I still bear God's image, fractured as it may be. One of those forms of talking about yourself still recognizes that our value is a gift given to us by God. The other still wants our value to come from somewhere else. It still Uh, wants to be seen by other people and acknowledged by other people, and that's where the value comes from. So I think the answer to this, as with all forms of self-exaltation, is Christ, Hmm. the humility of Christ. Just like we talked about in the message at Lost Creek. I don't know if Jeff wrapped up his message the same way. Yeah, we talked about Christ, Josiah. Dude, we talked about Christ, Josiah. <laughs> See, look, that's me. I'm putting you down, trying to exalt it's myself. Okay. See how you that? I'll that accept works. it graciously. <laughs> look at me accepting graciously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, because what I don't want people to leave this episode thinking is that 
you can't feel in the dumps about things and you can't talk to people about no, no, it. I will champion the cause to feel human emotion. Yes, I yes. Think, I mean, that's just part of the human experience. Right. It's not even a choice many times. It just how you conduct yourself is the choice. Yeah. But simply experiencing that emotion is, is you know, how we function, how yeah. we're made to experience that wealth of emotion. Right. I mean, go and pick any one of the psalms and the chances are you're going to pick a psalm of lament. Yeah. So I don't want you thinking that and I don't want you thinking you can't talk about your sin and your direness and your wretchedness with people. But when we are truly in the dumps and feel as if we're stuck in the pit, when we do feel like the psalmist did say in the 44th psalm when he wrote, all day long, my disgrace is before me and shame has covered my face. You got to be feeling pretty gross heavy. to say that. And then that gets included as the word of God. Like, yeah. wolf doggy. Probably one of the most vulnerable confessions you ever make. Yes. He's immortalized for millions to read. Yes. Whoa, boy. Oh, my. So when you do feel that way, at the end of the day, we can turn to the same Christ who humbled himself and went down into that pit too. Yeah. You ever think about the fact that Jesus Christ was crucified naked? I mean, like, I, we don't like talking about that, I don't think, because that's unco- that it makes me uncomfortable to think about. Like, oh yeah, like they, they tore his garments up and... That didn't occur to me. Yeah. Because like, of every artistic representation I've ever seen. Obviously isn't. Yeah. It never occurred to me. I think the only time, and I cannot speak on this particular topic with great authority, but I'm vaguely certain that there was a film, the Martin Scorsese film, The, Tem- the Last Temptation of Christ, mm-hmm. starring Willem Dafoe. Yeah. That was the case. Yeah. But few times ever are we ever going to see a representation like that, and we almost sanitize something that is so central to what we believe. Yeah. And that, I mean, you want to talk about the height of shame. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. So he endured that too. He knows what it's like to feel wretched and feel, you know, we do talk about this fairly often, but I think it's always a good reminder. You know, he prays on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Psalm 22. So he knows, he knows those feelings too. And he has been down in the pit. And when we feel that way, we can turn to him and know that his humility is there to meet us. He is there to meet us in his humility. And he does give us his grace through our friends and through the church and through the hands and feet and words of other people. So again, just to make sure that we've clarified it enough, (laughs) you can talk about these things and you can and you should go to your trusted friends and your loved ones and be willing to be honest about these things. But when it becomes something that you have to be seen and known for, like that's where you get like, you almost get your source of identity from that and your value from like, oh yes, I'm Richard and everyone knows it and they, you know, they affirm me because again, like you said, that's just another form of manipulation. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully that's about as clear as can be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, don't, it, makes sense. Uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Don't pray like the tax collector. That's, that's basically the, uh, or do pray like the tax say, collector, not now. just not, yeah. Pray <laughs> like the tax collector, not the Pharisee. Bingo, bango, <laughs> bongo, rongo to quote our friend Zach McCord. Perfect. Yeah, that's it. Worm pride. Mm. That's fun. Pride is fun. Well. Not really. That's a joke. It's a little, not even a joke. I don't, it's just words. Just close of the episode filler. You know, hopefully, I was going to use this as a closer and now that we're languishing, I thought I'd just come back to it. Hopefully, hopefully when you are feeling this way, when you are like in the dumps or when you're, you know, when you are languishing in a very real way, hopefully, uh, you know, I think if you, if you see yourself using this to fish other people for something, that should be a red flag. Hopefully you can use it. I don't even know if I want to say use it. Hopefully it provides the landscape for you to deepen your relationships with other people mm-hmm. and, and with Christ yeah. and that it becomes something that can, uh, can be turned for good because i think that is it could sound very trite but i also i uh very firmly believe that things like that can actually 
lead to richer relationships. 100,000%, which is a bit of an exact, you know, that's hey, it's okay. percentages. I'm not the mathematician, Zach is. Exactly. So that's great. That's I think that's good to end end of this topic on. If you were, uh, you're helped and you want to leave us an honest five-star review, that'd be cool. It would be so cool. And we'll still love you even if you don't. You can keep listening. Even if you do it dishonestly, even if you only do it for cred, uh, we'll still love you. Yeah. Because it'll still help us. Yeah. That's in, uh, Share it with a friend. Share yeah. it with a friend who was with you that Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. If you got that friend, you're like, hmm. Pride. <laughs> <laughs> Share with us as worm pride. <laughs> uh, and if you want to interact with us, you can do so on social media or uh, email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Yeah. Thank you as always for listening. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.